Great to see Kate. This is the first time I've seen her. An old Miss Rebel. Would you turn to Psalm 113? Just a, a note, uh, going to Mexico, uh, I mentioned this Wednesday night, it was such a joy to see that the, uh, a missionary is no longer needed. There are solid men preaching there, and I was just so uh, thankful to see that. And we're certainly still going to have a, a support of the work there, supporting the men, but it was very special. I was very thankful. Psalm 113, praise ye the Lord, praise, O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun. Unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven? And in the earth, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Our merciful Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word, we're so thankful for your gospel, and we ask in Christ's name that we might be enabled from our hearts to praise you, as the psalmist says. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for the forgiveness of sins and the complete salvation that we have in your Son. We pray that you'd speak to each heart here according to your will, and that you'd be with all your people wherever they meet together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise ye. The Lord would to God that we will do just that. Notice how he says, praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, this is a very, um, uh, I, I don't know what, to, it's a very serious thought right now when the Lord looks at me and you. He either sees servants of the Lord or servants of the devil. That's a 
scary thought, isn't it? You know, uh, most who would be probably, maybe all who are servants of the devil don't know they are servants of the devil. Uh, remember when the Lord said, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do? That's what he said to a large group of people, the Pharisees. They certainly didn't believe they were servants of the devil. They thought they were servants of the Lord. Servants of the Lord. There is no higher privilege. And this is what every believer is, a servant of the Lord. Uh, the religion of grace, not the religion of works. Praise the Lord, ye servants of the Lord. And then he says in verse 1, praise the name of the Lord. Now that is not merely uh, speaking of articulating his name. Turn to Exodus 34 for just a moment. Now I want us to remember this whenever we read of the name of the Lord. Verse 5 of Exodus 34, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. There it is. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Now when he proclaimed the name of the Lord, he gives his attributes. Uh, the name of the Lord is the person behind the name. Now, Arthur Pink wrote a book entitled The Attributes of God. It's very short, 105 pages, each chapter uh, probably uh, no more than three or four pages. That's the kind of book I can read. I lose attention when in those big long volumes, my eyes glaze over and I start getting bored. But this is a book I would highly recommend. It's very simple, The Attributes of God. And let me give you the names of the chapters of this book. When we're talking about the name of the Lord, that's his attributes, that's his characteristics. He begins with the solitariness of God. Look in verse five of our psalm. Who is like unto the Lord our God? The solitariness of God. There's nobody like him. There's no one you can compare him to. Any comparison you make, the Lord's like this. No, he's not. There's no one like him. He's altogether by himself. He's solitary. There's none like him. As a matter of fact, look in uh, Hold your finger there in Psalm and read uh, Isaiah 45. I'll just read this to you. I am the Lord and there's none else. There is no God beside me. In Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9, he says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there's none like me. That's why idolatry is so evil. 
Any representation we make of God is a slam on his character. There's no one like God. His second uh, chapter was called the decrees of God. And what that means is that everything that takes place, this is part of his attributes, this is who he is. Everything that takes place, no matter what it is, he determined for it to take place in eternity. That covers everything. And you know, I get such satisfaction from that. Because if there's anything that's not included in that, I get scared. What's going to happen? But we have this confidence that the Lord is in control of everything, every event of my life, every event, all things work together for good. All things. What does that include? All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then there's the knowledge of God, his omniscience. He knows everything. There's the foreknowledge of God. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Behold, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Whom he did foreknow, then he also did predestinate. And he's got a chapter on the supremacy of God. And it's stated in verses 4 and 5 of our text in Psalm 113. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and the things that are in earth? The sovereignty of God. You know, only he's sovereign. If he's sovereign, nothing else is. Uh, he doeth according to his will. Now listen to that. He doeth according to his will. In the armies of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, none can check him, none can stop him or call him into question. What doest thou? Give an account to yourself. He doeth according to his will. And it's all good, and it's all perfect, and it's all holy, and it's all right, and it's all just. The immutability of God. I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He, he, he doesn't change. He's utterly faithful to who he is. You know, when I've heard people say, I don't want to put God in a box, I just, uh, yeah, I hate it when people say that. You can't put him in a box. I'm not worried about that. But he is absolutely as he is all the time. He's utterly predictable in that sense. He's going to do as he will because he's God. The holiness of God, his absolute otherness, the independence of God. Go on to the justice of God. He said, I'll by no means clear the guilty. God's attributes. That's the name we're celebrating. He says, praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 2, blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore. I love the way Paul uh, dealt with this thought. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, when is he to be uh, praised and blessed like this? Well, from this time forth, right now, if you haven't done this before, do it now by the grace of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore, eternally. Verse 3, 
How often is the Lord's name to be praised from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. The Lord's name is to be praised. His glorious person, his attributes. Now, I realize that the old man doesn't do that, but the new man does all the time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 4. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. We have the atmosphere where the birds fly. We have the heavens of the galaxies and the stars. And, and then we have the third heaven. That's where, where Paul was brought when the Lord taught him the gospel. He brought him into the third heavens. And the Lord is above all of that. That's the vastness of the Lord. The universe is in him. Before there was a creation, all there was was God. In his omnipresence, you couldn't go anywhere where he was not. And his glory is above the heavens. Verse 5. Who is like unto the Lord? Nobody. He's incomparable. Think of this. He's made himself known to you. Isn't that amazing? That the Lord would make this glorious God, the God of the universe, would make himself known to me, that he would reveal his Son to me. This one God and three distinct persons. Who's like him? I, I've heard people try to give illustrations. Well, the Trinity's like this. Don't make an illustration. Just believe what God says about himself in his word. He's one God in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's nobody like him. And he's made himself known to me. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me. Make himself known to me. Save me. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high above the heavens? And look what it says next about him, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Now, God, the God of glory, is humble. The Holy Spirit is humble. Doesn't pride seem utterly offensive when you see the pride in your own heart when you think of the Lord being this way? Christ described himself as meek and lowly in heart. No one ever felt, sinners never felt threatened and judged by him. God the Holy Spirit, he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak, he shall glorify me. His office is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, not himself. God the Father humbling himself. And when he looks down 
at the things in heaven. In heaven. He's humbling himself. Much more the things in earth. He humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and the things that are in the earth. I think about the way the Lord humbled himself. He humbled himself to become a man. He humbled himself to have the limitations of the flesh like you and I do. He didn't have to, but he did. How he humbled himself when he went to the cross and was made sin. The thing that he hated, the thing that is so revolting and disgusting to God, he was made to be. He loved his father so much. He humbled himself. And to think of this God of glory humbling himself, and when I think of the wretched pride that dwells in our hearts, it seems so offensive, doesn't it? God humbles himself. To behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Now look in verse 7. He raises up the poor out of the dust. That's talking about the resurrection. He raises the poor out of the dust. And he lifteth. And that word lifteth is generally translated exalts. He exalts the needy out of the dunghill. Now, this is in, you probably know if you've read the prayer of Hannah in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is quoted there. I don't know which one was written first, this or that. But um, poor and needy. Poor and needy. I hope I'm poor and needy this morning. I hope you are too. That is the way David, the man after God's own heart, described himself more than any other way poor now he was wealthy but he was poor not only was he poor he had nothing to bring to the table nothing to recommend himself he was needy he had great needs now would to God that he would put in my heart and in your heart this attitude right now of being poor and being needy Poor and needy. That's the best place you can be. Poor and needy. Now listen to this. Because I'm poor, I need this written revelation from God. I need this. If I don't have this, I don't have anything. I've got my opinion and your opinion. That scares me to death. Thank God for the written revelation of God. I need God to be who he says he is in this word. I need this. I need every attribute of God. When I call upon the name of the Lord to save me, I'm asking every attribute of God to save me. Lord, save me as an act of your sovereign will. Save me by your holiness. Save me by your justice. Save me by your grace. Save me. That's what it means to call on his name. I need, listen to this, I need God to elect me. I need to be chosen of God. I won't be saved if I'm not. I need, you know, people argue about election. I need election. I need the God of election. I need Jesus Christ to be my representative. I need Jesus Christ to 
be united to me and me be in him. I need him to keep the law for me. I need to be in him. I need him to die for my sins and atone for my sins. I need, I need this. This isn't, we're not talking about arguing over doctrine. Um, people argue over limited atonement. That's ridiculous. I need Jesus Christ to put away my sin completely where he does it all. I need God the Holy Spirit to give me a new heart. I, I need God the Holy Spirit to preserve me. I need salvation to be all of grace. You see, this is, I'm poor. Not only am I poor, I have great needs. And that's true all the time. I'm poor and I'm needy. Now look what he says with regard to the poor and needy. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust. Now, how dependent are we on the Lord for resurrection? I can't think of anything that demonstrates more clearly how dependent we are. Resurrection, can you raise yourself from the dead? When you turn into dirt, and that's going to be our uh, uh, dust, dirt, that's, that's what we are. I mean, that, uh, only the Lord can raise the poor out of the dust. And look what it says next. He lifteth, he exalts the needy out of the dunghill. Now my dress is dunghill drive by nature. That's my dress. And he exalts, exalts the needy. You know, the Lord said, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. We wouldn't believe that unless the Lord told us that. That the world may know that thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And you want to talk about being exalted, being um, united to the Lord Jesus Christ so God looks at me the same way he looked at his son. That's just part of the mystery of the gospel. We believe what God says and we can't understand it. But it's true. Thou hast loved them. These are the words of the Lord. John 17, 23. Thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now don't ever think my life's mundane and insignificant. The Lord loves you. That makes everything about you special to the Lord. The Lord loves you. Verse 8, that he, may, that he may set him with princes, even the princes of his people. Now that word prince is not the word that's normally translated prince. It's a different word, and it carries with it the idea of willingness. Willingness. Thy people shall be willing, shall be volunteers in the day of thy power. I am drafted and I'm a volunteer. Uh, God elected me and I volunteer to be elected. I say that reverently, I hope. <laughs> 
Christ died for me, and I will, that's, I'm willing for him to, to be all in my salvation. Uh, that's the way this works. You become willing in the day of his power. Are you willing to be saved by Christ? Are you willing to be saved by his grace? Are you willing to have his righteousness as the only righteousness you have? Are you willing? That, that's a believer. Uh, that he may sit him among princes, even the princes of his people. Uh, I love the scripture, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people. Well, I want to be one of his people, don't you? He shall save his people from their sins. Now, the psalm closes with this statement. He maketh. This is omnipotence. This is uh, irresistible grace, invincible grace. Um, he maketh the barren woman. Now, the greatest um, uh, reproach to a woman uh, in the Old Testament was to be barren. Give me children ere I die. Uh, and the Lord mercifully makes the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Now what I thought about, I thought about the barrenness of my own heart. It can't produce life. It's dark. Genesis 6, 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and in every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. Just the thoughts right now. We're not even talking about the actions. The thoughts of his heart was only evil, nonstop. That heart, barren, lifeless, God makes it alive. The barren is given life, spiritual life, and a joyful mother of children. That's the work of God in us. The joyful mother of children. Every believer bears the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The life of God in you. The life of the Holy Spirit in you. And that's joyful. Um, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness Christ's righteousness, the peace that is a result of him being my only righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What joy it gives me to know that Christ is my righteousness before God. I'm good to go because of him. The joyful mother of children. And then he ends again with this statement that he began with, praise ye the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name.